I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Didn't I do this the last time we did an Aladdin episode, too? Hi, everyone. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the Disney podcast brought to you by the Front Row Network. I am your host, Craig McFarland. I'm joined with my two co-hosts for Beyond the Mouse. For a full disclosure, we should get paid double today, guys. We're pulling double duty because this is a full disclosure for the Front Row Network Ah. in addition to being a Beyond the Mouse. Wow. I'm so honored. I know, right? That's exciting. Anyway, I've got Brett Rutherford right here. Hello. And I have Vanessa Ferguson. Howdy. And we are breaking down the new live-action Aladdin, which is just just taking it to the bank at the box office right now. It is doing so well. It's outperforming just about every measure that they threw at it. But this, uh, full disclosure, will be full of spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie yet, I'd recommend that you go out and check it out. I think that the people, even myself, had a little bit of trepidation coming into this. Brett never did. No. Well, after the... After the second preview, or, you know, yeah. The second trailer made us all feel a lot better about this movie. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, But I really enjoyed this film. Not going to bury the lead much. I do have some gripes that we'll get into, uh, but we will start spoilers right now. Everything that happens in the original Aladdin <laughs> happens again. That is the yeah. spoiler. Uh, well, but uh, yeah, plus but there's a little bit of there's a little bit of uh, difference. They, yes. they've turned the story around, maybe updated it a little bit more for mm-hmm. 2019, uh, particularly Jasmine's role in the movie, and we'll definitely get to that. But I want to talk first impressions. Brett, you've seen this film uh, mm-hmm. once or twice. Now. I've, I've just seen it once. Wow! Oh, wow. Okay. No, only once. Yes. Well, tell us your first impressions then. Uh... I think I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, 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 going into it, I, I, this is how I went into it, the film. I, number one, did not expect to, uh, to see a live version of the animated film. Uh, in that I knew that the performances that were in the animated film, specifically uh, Robin Williams, is so iconic. It's an iconic performance. It's probably, in my estimation, and maybe others, his best performance, period. I don't know. And so I went into the 2019 Aladdin with a complete open mind. So, and and uh, I enjoyed it so much. There. How's that? Those are my first, those are my, those are my thoughts. That's just splendiferous, yes. actually. Mm-hmm. Vanessa, your I, first impressions? I, I enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it, but my takeaway was I was apprehensive about Will Smith, mm-hmm. and I thought he was fantastic. I I was so surprised. Well, I wouldn't say so surprised, but I was just so relieved yeah, that he that was, was so good, and he really was the star of that film. Yes, mm-hmm. um, like you can you could tell. Oh, without his star power, this film. Well, then this is maybe where we stop being friends now. Um, it, to me, the energy of the rest of the film with the scenes without Will Smith was just a little bit lacking. Um, 
it, you know, Will Smith made the movie. How about that? Okay. Okay. That's a good take, I would say. And I think that a lot of people had the most trepidation about Will Smith because he has had, you know, he's had some really memorable roles. But if we think about it, Genie is right in his wheelhouse. It's classic Will Smith. And I Mm -hmm. mentioned this on the thread that we all have. Mm -hmm. I just hope and pray that (laughs) Will Smith is done uh, attempting to win an Oscar and he's going to just return to being Will Smith for us for the rest of his career because (laughs) he's just so enjoyable when he's in those types of roles and not trying. I mean, I did love, I love Pursuit of Happiness. I never saw Concussion, but it was just cool to see vintage Will Smith. And that would be one of my major takeaways. But I also enjoy how they updated the story a little bit to provide (laughs) uh, Jasmine with a much more prominent role because some of the the tables have started to turn right on these Disney princesses and their stories. And so some of these live action adaptations, people are saying, why are they doing them? Well, one I've been talking about, and we've been talking about for months, the whole cultural appropriation of actually getting people that are from the geographic area or from those traditions in those roles. But also I think that it is cool that you can make little tweaks here and there to give more power and more, um, I don't want to say authority, but just just more gravitas to these princesses. And uh, particularly in this uh, story, they definitely turned that on its head a little bit, and I liked it. I enjoyed the film. I have, like I said, a couple of gripes here and there, but I'm sure we'll get into those as we go. Uh, but initial first reaction to it, I would say if you haven't seen it yet, I already told you to turn this off because it's spoiler-filled, but really go out and see it because it's worth your time. Um, Brandon Davis, our classics host, he said that it's his favorite of the live action adaptations wow. and um, I will be coming to you all with that question towards mm-hmm. the end of the podcast. Ooh, I came to prepare about this. Now you actually yeah, get to think good. about something. I already, I already know an answer for that one. So. Okay. All right. I, I would just like to say, Mr. Smith, uh, if you are listening, I did like you in Concussion and I Am Legend and I think you will win an Oscar someday, but I, I did really like you in this movie as well. I really think that you can judge a Will Smith movie based on if there's a music video at the end of it. And this one had just a little bit of it. It wasn't a full music video, uh, but it was enough to bring me back to the days of Hitch and Men in Black and all these roles, Independence Day, like all these roles. Did Independence Day have a movie at the end of it? Um, A music video? You know, I don't know that it did. I'm Because that was one of my favorite ones, too, because it has Jeff Goldblum in it, too. It's Sir Goldblum. All right. Fair. Well. Fair. It didn't have a music video at the end of it. What <laughs> other... Like, oh, that two horrible using this as a wild, dating wild service. service. I'm, I'm like, just saying, I... I no, she's, no, it's I'm, not a dating service. I'm putting it out there that these people are going to listen to this. Well, let's reel it back in and talk (laughs) about uh, the actors that portrayed different roles and what we thought of them. Uh, And I think that, you know, we've already talked a little bit about Will Smith, so let's get that out of the way and then move on to the other cast. I enjoyed Will Smith's take on this. I liked that. And it started a couple of weeks ago that I started to feel better about this because no one is going to replace Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. And Will Smith has said as much. He said, I'm not going to replace Robin Williams. And so what he did was he, he was... 
in a way, Will Smith playing the genie. Mm-hmm. Uh, very yeah. much himself. He hip-hopped Friend Like Me, yeah. uh, and it was really cool and really well done. And I don't think it takes anything away from Robin's performance now to look at both of them as separate pieces as opposed right. to yeah. Will Smith trying to mimic Robin Williams. Right. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, it's just a different performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the Jimmy Fallon special? Yes, that's and that's what helped me feel better same, about it. Same. I got so excited when uh, he was rapping to Friend Like Me. And, mm-hmm. that, and uh, yeah, as soon as that song started in the movie, and when he did that little part like, Mr. Uh, what's your name? I was like, oh, I love this so much. I'm loving this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was my, and I've said this in other podcasts that it was my impression that Will Smith needed a hit. (laughs) (laughs) Both he and Guy Ritchie needed a hit and I think they have one. Mm -hmm. And so I'm Mm -hmm. happy for them. What Mm -hmm. did you think about Will Smith's uh, performance overall? I thought it was very much, you know, it was kind of old school Will Smith and it's what everyone loves. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So go back to, yeah. And did you guys playing homage to, you know, his, his, Roots? Yeah, did anyway. you guys ever watch, like, were you big Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fans? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I mean, that All is the, the finale that I remember my dad was, like, obsessed. My dad, country boy from the woods, like, was obsessed with that finale, wanted to watch Will Smith in the last, I mean, that was our, that was our jam. Aww. Yeah. So That's to cool. see him yeah. doing kind of the same thing, it was just really cool. It was fun, yeah. And I liked how they incorporated, uh, everyone was so worried about the blue. Of course, Will Smith's going to be blue in this movie. And looking back at those trailer reactions, people react so hard and so heavily yeah. to a trailer. Uh, but it makes sense. I mean, I think that the CGI looked good. I love that he kept flexing his muscles all of the time when he was in his genie form. Like, he would never stop doing that. And that was, uh, that was a neat thing to pick up on. And then um, I enjoyed how they made him human, you know how they yeah. they use that, yeah. Um, because he's like, oh yeah, I can I can look like anything, yeah. So mm-hmm. I I thought all of that was really good, and I liked the relationship that he had with uh, Jasmine's handmaid and yeah. uh, being able to bring that yeah Dahlia, who yeah. Jasmine like says that she is in the beginning of the movie. So it it really. I don't know. It, it developed the story more. Mm-hmm. There's so many I times think so too. Yeah. yeah. When Disney goes about making a musical or sometimes a live action movie, they feel like an animated film needs to be an hour and a half, and a live action film needs to be two hours. And that was the case with this. Aladdin, the original, was about an hour and a half, and this was just over two hours. But I feel like the story that they added into this helped envelop that world more. It helped uh, build out Agrabah in a way that wasn't done in the animated feature. And I really liked uh, being able to go back and, and visit more of that story and get some of these little side characters that are important. Um, and so I, I really did. I just thoroughly enjoyed the film. Um, but let's move on to our Aladdin. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So y'all looked at me, and no one else can tell that, that you're just staring at me right now. But I thought he was okay. He was he was good. He was a good... Um, so here's my thing. Uh, when you hire actors to sing, sometimes okay. uh, the singing can sound a little, like, lacking in energy. Or, so I went back and I listened to the soundtrack before, this, uh, before you guys and I sat down. And I, just listening to One Jump... You know, is again, is just like you can tell this isn't his niche. I mean, he mm-hmm. did a great job. I'm sure the people working with him, you know, did a fine job working with him, getting the best out of him. But 
Uh, like when he says, take that. It's so, it's so actor trying to sing. Like if I can um, kind of make a comparison, Emma Watson mm-hmm. in Beauty and the Beast. Great performance, but she's not a natural singer. They had to auto-tune her. I would say the Disney bad. the Disney Studios uh, certainly have invested some of their oh millions gosh. into auto-tune. That's <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying Aladdin was auto-tune, but that's just another example of, you know, you hire actors to be in a musical. You're, you may not get the same kind of quality. Now, like with Naomi Scott, you for, with Jasmine, she's obviously a very good singer. So, of mm-hmm. course, they give her the new ballad. She can do it. So, um, that that was my one little, little hang up with one jump because the animated version is just so fun to listen to. And then... Um, this live action version of it while staged really well and I thought like what's that in uh, uh, the office where they're like parkour parkour (laughs) and they're just jumping over everything I was thinking that while I stood I thought that was really cool so all the blocking was good but just the music aspect kind of was a hang up for me what did you think about the slow motion Uh, that was what I was going to say is that that's one of my major gripes of the film Mm -hmm. is I I guess at some point Guy Ritchie had to say oh by the way this is a Guy Ritchie movie but he definitely did it in that scene i it wasn't just the slow motion but then it was the weird choppy um pick up the pace later on in the song where it almost looked like the computer wasn't rendering or something you know i saw that too i and i wanted to see it for the second time because of that there was one part that i'm like going they're walking through and it's almost like they're like moving like minecraft uh (laughs) figures or something can you guys remind me what part is the slow motion because someone else talked to me about it and i'm like i for the life for me, I can't remember what scene when he's going was. through like the two buildings. It's towards the beginning up. of the yeah. the song with Jasmine. Which, uh, that did uh, that didn't I didn't mind that so much. So if if the slow motion thing is Guy Ritchie's version of J.J. Abrams. Uh, lens flare? <laughs> right. kind of, is that kind of I think I think that that that's the case. Okay, I'm all for, I'm all for well. Hitchcock had his so had his had his cameo. So hey, I, go with it. And I get it. Like that's a that's an obvious choice that was made by the director, and some people will enjoy it, that and some glitch. people won't. But the mm-hmm. the glitchiness looking and that to me was it was just kind of was, was so intentional. Weird. It was like it had to have been intentional, deal. right? Because I maybe it made me want to see it again because I'm like. Going was that you know a, a CGI or motion uh-huh. capture sort of thing went awry? Because I noticed that too. Anyway, it it still was in the it, beginning of the, the one movie. Thing, that was the one thing that really I did not like about it was that one moment where I'm like going, "What's going on here?" I understand the slow motion, but that one little part there. So I have to see it again. It made me so worry. my money again. Aren't you happy? <laughs> <laughs> it made my it made me worried for the rest of the film only because it happened so early in the film. I was like, "Oh, are they going to do this a lot?" And then they really only did it the one time. Yeah. Uh, and in the slow motion scene, the music was still at the same tempo. Yeah. So oh, it was really that didn't bother me. I kind of huh. liked that. I thought yeah, stylistically, it, it was kind of like it was kind of. Um, it was kind of like a 90s video sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like they would, you know. Hmm. Um, but uh, Mina Masood, I, I enjoyed his portrayal of Aladdin. I, yeah, I did too. I liked uh, what he brought to it. And I get where you're coming from about the energy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the story for the live action is, is much more out of Aladdin's hands True. than it is in the animated. So, um, you know, we've already talked about the genie's 
bigger role in the film, uh, especially because he has his own love story. And then I think Jasmine truly is the star of this. I mean, yes, Will Smith is the one that brings you to the seats, Mm -hmm. but to me, Naomi Scott as Jasmine is the one that really brings it home for you. And so uh, I'd love to talk about her performance in this. Brett, do you have thoughts on Naomi Scott? I loved her. (laughs) No, I liked liked the way they... I liked the way... um, they enhanced the Jasmine story and the way that they empowered her. Uh, That's the word I was looking for earlier. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it took a little bit of while and she gets this, you know, what I want song and, you know, and, and, uh, and I thought that was, um, the thing with the song is that I in- I enjoyed it, but it didn't. It didn't have the "let it go" moment that I was, you know, that maybe it should. You know, I mean, I. Yeah, it, it, was, it didn't feel like it fit with it? the who rest of the it? soundtrack. Um, I you know the that? new names are on there, but okay. on the title cards, yeah. yeah. Um, can okay. I say something okay. controversial to a podcast that's listened to by Disney and theater fans? Oh boy! Uh, I thought the song was very Greatest Showman. And for someone that did not particularly care for The Greatest Showman, I know, shoot me dead. I'm a theater guy that didn't like Greatest Showman. I, I, don't, I, didn't I didn't see it. I we turned it off it. halfway yeah. through. I started but it. That, I song, that song was very reminiscent to me of yeah, Greatest Showman. I, and when they were producing this, that I've movie that. Was, a, was a huge hit. I've heard so that, I yeah. wonder if that influenced that song. Um, it did. Well, oh, you was, know, it the, was it the... Um, the La La Land people that did that? It might have been. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, so I don't know. We, we, can we, we should be experts I, I when we do a I podcast. Was, I was excited when Howard Ashman's voice or mm. uh, name was up on the screen, not his voice. That's his right. His name yeah. was like right in the in yeah. the credits, intro credits. I was uh-huh. like, aww. What's that in Alan? Cool. Oh, now we see we have to like find it was, out if it was it an was Alan Mankin song. Mankin. It wasn't it was an Alan Mankin song. Mankin. So it, well, when the title where credit, you made your mistake, people. Just to, yeah. sorry. When the, when the title <laughs> card came up, it said original music by uh, Howard Ashman, Alan Mankin, and Tim Rice. And then it said new songs by yeah. Blankety Blank. But, he, and, but Alan okay. Mankin did the score. You're right. He, do, he did the... The orchestration. Well, sure. The, well, but I'm saying that's the title card that mentioned right. the music yeah. had all those names on it, so it was okay. very big. It was <laughs> it was uh, Howard Ashman, Alan Menken, Tim Rice, and then the new guys. Mm-hmm. So it was a uh, it was a lot to read in a little bit of time. Yes. Um, in, a, in, a, in an interesting font as well. So it was <laughs> like, in an yeah. interesting font, and it had the the uh, the dusting of yes. the Avengers <laughs> brought over to Aladdin, yeah. but. Um, I really enjoy Naomi Scott beyond that song. It, that song didn't do it for me. No, I can uh-huh. understand why they want to put a new song in there. It, it qualifies them for <laughs> particular awards. Um, and it's, it's a good song. It's not, I'm not trashing it by and any means. And a lot means. of people are, are liking it. They are taking it as an anthem. You know, mm-hmm. there are some uh, moms that are, you know, and, and daughters that are enjoying that, you yeah. know, that are having that moment of, you know, their empowering song. So, and that's the thing, because okay. I can I can fully understand that as a uh, a white dude, um, sometimes songs and things aren't written for me to have a huge impact for. Mm-hmm. But if it's reaching the audience that it's intended for, then more power to them. And uh, I just didn't particularly care for um, that song. I, other than that, though, her 
costumes were amazing. Her acting was spot on to me. She had this strong... Yeah, Mm -hmm. and she brought this power to Jasmine that that definitely wasn't translated from the animated feature. She really made the role her own um, and just a absolute great rendition of this Mm -hmm. Disney princess. Do you think she'll, they'll get a costume nomination for her? I would hope so. I mean, really, they were so And the one with the train, when you work a train, that's good. Well, that's what actually, I I need a staircase behind me all the time so I can have (laughs) fabric flowing. When I saw the trailer, when when there was, you know, a trailer and and she was, you know, flipping her cape around or whatever, I'm like going, and that's a movie, so. (laughs) Um, So the, 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 the two people who I believe wrote that song uh, was um, Pasek and Paul. Oh, and They're- they did do City of Stars. Yeah. Okay. Ha ha. Yeah. And they worked on Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Ha ha. I, for some reason, I see a Greatest um, Showman influence more than either <laughs> of those properties. Um, but maybe that's just me and my bias against Greatest Showman. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think that they ought to be considered for nominations for the costuming. Mm-hmm. Not even just her costuming, but just all of it was just so yeah. incredible. Do you remember, this is really, this is a bit of a tangent, I apologize. Do you remember when there was a little spat online of the true Disney fans, or at least they, they say that they are, when they were going to cover up Jasmine in the parks? Because yeah. usually she has a midriff, yeah. and they decided they were going to do a more traditional, mm-hmm. um, basically the costumes that were in this film. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah. There was such a hubbub online, and now you look at how absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous she is in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, of course, we should go, we should actually look to the traditions, and yeah. it's tougher to do that in an animated film. I'm not giving them right. grief for no, what no, they no. did in 1992, no, but... Um, views here, but yeah, but I, I it's just the costumes were yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's so here's a true story. It's less sexy, uh, mm-hmm. and so five year old V Ferg here watched Aladdin and wanted to look like Jasmine and got a little you know midriff outfit that was like an Arabic style, mm-hmm. so I could be. Uh, a harem girl, whatever, mm-hmm. had like the little veil over the mouth. Mm-hmm. And I was so ticked when I went to school and they told me in October that I could not wear my midriff outside. <laughs> and they said, you have to have, you have to wear your regular clothes underneath your costume. I was like, no, because Jasmine doesn't wear regular clothes under, I need to show my stomach. And they were like, no, you can't do that. You're five years old and it's oh. cold outside. And that's Those what Halloween happens costumes. when you what let happened? Jasmine have a midriff. You set unex, uh, uh, un, uh, what is that? Attainable. Unattainable expectations there for five-year-old go. girls like mm. the Fergie Ferg. Oh. Um, Fergie Ferg is my rap name. I feel like I have been just uh, really gushing on Naomi Scott's performance, but do the does anyone else have anything else to say about her before we move on to... Perhaps in my mind, maybe the most controversial of the. Oh, leads. here we go! Oh. Here we go! Let's just get it over with. Band-aid yeah. it. Let's All right, do it. So I, in the trailers, and I think I mentioned this either in talking really? to the two of you mm-hmm. or on an actual podcast that Jafar in the trailers to me didn't seem Jafari enough. Um, I've come around a bit on his performance, uh, maybe to Brett's surprise, because I think it's just a different take on Jafar. What I'm used yes. to is a very uh-huh. sinister Jafar. See, mm-hmm. if you just let me speak before rolling those eyes at me. No, we have an eye roll meter. Um, this counts as exercise. I see him much more as a Machiavellian um, trying to 
basically outsmart and outwit everyone else. I still think he could have brought a bit more energy. I agree with yeah. you, Vanessa, that he could have brought more energy to the role. Um, but I, having just finished Game of Thrones, and I know some of you Disney fans maybe don't watch Game of Thrones, but he is like Littlefinger to me. Like He's trying to uh, work everybody in every system to try to get to the top. Oh, and it's very Machiavellian okay. style. And so it's having now seen the whole movie... And seeing that that is the track that he was going on, I'm okay with it. I still prefer Sinister Jafar uh, mm-hmm. to his rendition of this. But, uh, Vanessa, I know that you also mentioned that this yeah. might have been a, a hang-up for so you about the I, movie. I gave you a hard time a long time ago because you're like, his voice isn't, well, you said Sinister. I took that as deep. Uh-huh. And then I went back and watched Jafar. And he does have a deep voice, but he does have kind of a slow speaking style. But then a lot I watched of crackly this, voice. Yeah, uh, I watched this movie, and I couldn't stop thinking about that dog and up that has that really <laughs> high pitch, the evil dog. Yeah. That was like, like I don't know, what's wrong with my voice? Like that's like, how about it? Give me the lamp. Like that's that's what I kept thinking about. Is this man's voice is so high? a bad guy. I do remember now, we did talk about this on a podcast, and I believe you said, Craig, you've only heard him say two lines. Yeah, I know, and I was like, what are you talking about? Then I was watching, and I was like, oh, yeah, Craig's gonna, he's gonna bring that up, yeah, so I better just come clean now with my thoughts. I am an equal voice, clearly, I am an equal uh, vocal timber pitch uh, casting. Uh, anyway, I, I I think it can be. I think I think a villain can have a high voice too. Anyway, well, I, I I'm like I, going. I, 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 and just in case he's listening and he's upset <laughs> by these comments, they do call him sexy Jafar. And I would say, lo- looking at the interviews, that is still accurate. He's <laughs> got a little bit higher voice than what I expected. No, it was so funny Jafar. because I um, I involved. Uh, in a show right now with a lot of like teenagers and they were all talking about this movie and all of them all they wanted to talk about was hot Jafar and I was like I was like I was like really like that's your takeaway for this but apparently to the um, to the very small subset of teenage girls I've been around (laughs) this week uh, that is the takeaway from the film is that uh, Jafar is super hot well you got so Jafar is hot and Jasmine is covered so how how we've how we've moved along since yeah. the original sure. film. Now my take uh, when I his um, his vocal interpretation had no effect on me whatsoever, um, uh, and I think what I liked about his character and the development of his character and in, even in his acting is that uh, that we find out that in this in this. Iteration or telling of the story that that, Jaf- that Jafar was a street rat, perhaps yeah. you know that he mm-hmm. came from nothing, and that's I kind really of how. That. And then and then so that was so that that gives him you know a backstory. It gives him an emotional arc, yeah. you know that you know he you know he didn't care how he made it to the top or to you know 
and he yeah. just strives to be the most powerful. Right. So that that gives him that hubris. So at the end, it it almost makes more sense why he uses his last yeah. wish to become a sorcerer as opposed to. Although I I did think that that was interesting that they um they didn't ever use the word genie. They said the most powerful sorcerer, and that was assumed that he would become a genie then. Yeah, um, and I, that seemed did that weird seem to me. Clumsy to you? Yeah, like I don't know why he wouldn't. He's like, why? I'd be the most powerful genie. I mean, it's I don't know. Like obviously, it's a choice by the screenwriters uh, or by someone in the production, but they they kept saying the word sorcerer instead of genie, and I'm like, well, well no, if he's just the most the, powerful sorcerer in then... the original movie, he does say sorcerer. Okay, but okay. Then he says, oh, you'll, then Alan says, oh, you'll never be the most powerful because the genie's more powerful than you, and then he wishes to become a genie. Mm-hmm. But I, when I watched it, I thought, oh, is that what happened in the original? Because it seems so clumsy. Yeah. You know, because he did say, I want to be as powerful as the genie, make me as powerful sorcerer. I think he says something like that that I thought, well, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, but again, that's a very little gripe uh, on a I, film I, that I overall really enjoyed. Another little thing that I noticed that was a bit of a plot issue is that Jafar is holding the lamp and says I something like I wish nothing but glory for uh, Agrabah and he's hold, now okay now when I told this to someone they're like but he's not rubbing the lamp okay but did Aladdin rub the lamp under the water no he just did a little tip you know tap 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 well on the, there was there was yeah well but that, I thought well why wouldn't the genie be like oh he said it and he's holding the lamp mm-hmm. so. You know, so he gets three and a half his, wishes. That's his wish. <laughs> well, Aladdin gets basically four wishes as well, yeah. uh, with being able to get out of the get it out of the cave without. Um, I think that's having fun. to use a wish. <laughs> so, yeah. but um, yeah. So, any other words on any of the the side characters or anyone oh, that you sure, want to yes. mention? Go ahead, Brett. Well, it was so cool to see uh, Nassim Padrad. You know, oh, I'm like, like, she's so what funny. Are, where, now, who? Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh, it's Saturday Night Live. So, and she was, and she gave some great <laughs> humor. It was so she liked fun. Cheap cheese. That's how I'm going to start off all my conversations now. Do you like cheap cheese? <laughs> her uh, her flirting with Will Smith was some yeah, of the best fun. awkward yeah. flirting on camera in a yes. long time. Yeah, it was really great. I really, I did I enjoy that. Clean my. I have to go but, clean my. T- my tiger. Did anyone else notice right at the beginning of the movie, not knowing where it was going? Um, I, first of all, I liked how it opened with the genie yes. and all that, um, mm-hmm. but they didn't show her face. Yeah, I did notice no, that. They, yeah. they like in you know, and it was like very obvious that they were like, "We do not want you to see who this is." Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't get that. I I, I, I picked up on that nice. right away, and I was like, "I wonder who that lady was," and I wonder <laughs> if they're ever the going to show lady? us. And then you know, towards about halfway through, you're like, "Oh, okay, I get you it. got that." I was completely. I did Are not get you sure? at the end. I did not get it. I, at the very end, I'm like going, "Oh, complete circle." I love that. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't. I didn't expect that at all. I would say. I thought he was. I thought he was like telling an Arabian, you know, tale of a thousand. What? Yeah. Well, anyway, the original uh-huh. um, title. Of, uh, that, Thousand, thousand nights. nights, thousand nights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was, you know, dude, and then and then it just so happens that you know that yeah. then. It just so happens that that he is the genie. You know, I didn't know that yeah. they were actually telling his story, which I yeah. love that. I love that at the ending. I thought that was oh yeah, that was a spoiler. Anyway, so uh, they were warned. And yeah. um, you didn't you you thought that you really thought that all along? Oh, that was 
Well, it was to me it was very obvious. I mean, and I'm not I'm not trying like no, legitimately. This is like as I'm sitting in the theater, I'm not like revisionist history, being like. So first of all, it was so obvious. I am so great at this. But no, I mean, it seemed very clear to me that they were making sure you didn't see who that was. Yeah, well, because her back was turned to you. I think you. I think you play that. You know, at the end, you go, "Oh no, that was her." Yeah, yeah. And I guess I noticed it right away because both of the times I think she has two lines in that opening scene, and both of the times her back is turned to you, and and they do show her like flowing black hair. So, I mean, you could yeah. probably make that, uh, maybe even earlier in the movie, there. you could figure it out. But uh, but anyway, it, it, to me, I was just like, hmm, I wonder why they're hiding that lady. But any thoughts <laughs> on her? Um, I just thought she was really funny. I loved having a funny woman yes. uh, in the show instead of just a funny dude. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it had five-year-old V Ferg for... Watch that. Maybe she wouldn't want to wear midriff. Maybe she would just want to be that funny lady that she had the really good lady. sheep cheese comment. So, yeah, I like that a lot. I have lot. to see it again. I have to yeah. get that, yeah. Um, let's start to move into, and as we go, we can definitely still address some other people um, if we want to. But let's talk about our uh, favorite scenes in the movie. And uh, let's begin with Brett. We haven't started with you for hmm. a minute. Favorite scene. Uh... Actually, I think I like more of the intimate scenes rather than the big showy numbers because I think, again, not to compare it to – well, I am comparing it, sorry. Uh, uh, like the Prince Ali, I, you know, uh, I liked the live-action version of it, but the other one was just, you know, so over-the-top and fun that, you mm-hmm. know, it was – that was really hard to watch and not compare it, I thought, at mm-hmm. least for me. And I try not to compare things. I, I went into this trying not to compare it. But I kind of did with <laughs> the Prince Ali. But um, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. Um, actually, the moments that are kind of the iconic moments, the A Whole New World, were just they were they weren't as grand in, to me in this film. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, which makes me slightly sad. But um, but it's still I enjoy, I enjoyed overall. I enjoyed. I think I enjoyed the story more than the musical numbers. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I enjoyed the story and the intimate moments and the humor and, you know, kind of the turn that, uh, you know, that uh, the, uh, the genie, you know, gets uh, gets the girl this time around, which, you know, before he just got a vacation to Disney World. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, anyway. yeah. <laughs> now, that would be a toss up. Hmm. Disney World. <laughs> so. Well, in the little cameo of fantasy land in yeah. the movie was so great, too. Oh. Um, but Vanessa, what about you? I what have, are your favorite scenes? I have scenes? two things that uh-huh. I just thought were so great that were different from uh-huh. the original. So I loved that uh, they made Abu uh, uh, monkey with um, cymbals uh-huh. yeah. and a little drum and stuff. I thought that and a kazoo. I think it was kazoo, right? No yeah. little horn, something. Yeah. That was well. It was kazoo. It started off with a kazoo. Terrible. I thought that was so so funny. I kept laughing. And then the other thing I really like too is sometimes uh, in movies. Uh, princesses, maybe not princesses, but girls can be made to be a little dumb or, or, or um, too trusty. And so I liked the scene where the they're they're going back and forth between Aladdin and the genie and uh, Dahlia and uh, Jasmine. And uh, ja- Dahlia says, you know, are you sure you just don't want to believe him because you have to marry a prince? <laughs> and, you know, it's, and she's like, mm, yeah, I believe. 
family. But you see like this trepidation on her face. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 kind of plays more of a, a psychology yep. aspect of why would the princess just go along with she's so smart. Why would she not see through that? Um, it's because she she wants to believe. It's not that she's stupid. She's you see not what stupid. she wants to believe. Yeah. yeah, it's like she's like I really want this to be true. So I love that. I think that's a great lesson for. Uh, anyone, not just girls, but anyone. Yeah. I would say uh, I really did enjoy the flashy numbers. Um, Will Smith being Will Smith and waiting for the Sultan to start pounding out the beat during Prince Ali before they went into that big dance at the end. Yeah. Uh, that, that just crushed me. I was so happy about that. <laughs> um, and then uh, I did like Friend Like Me. It was very cool. Uh, but I would say that my favorite was the dance scene and the, the dancing and the dance scene. It kind of brought almost a little Bollywood vibe, which I'm sure is mm-hmm. what they were going for um, and just some great choreography there it was really cool like I said the, I, the costumes were just uh, incredible and so to me it just it really was like the perfect reason it's like one of those scenes is like for the people that don't are asking why you're making these live action adaptations watch this scene like that that would be my um, scene from this movie that I would show them to be like, no, look at this. This is so cool. And it's something that other than, say, Slumdog Millionaire, I haven't really been able to see uh, in American film. So yeah. mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Uh, the second thing I'll mention, and we didn't talk about him because he's just a voice actor, uh, but I did love the use of Iago uh, considerably more in this than the animated film because he was kind of the eyes and ears of mm-hmm. Jafar. And he was, to a certain extent, uh, but Gilbert Godfrey kind of was so over the top in himself in that role that he kind of he made it so much more comical based, whereas uh, Iago had a function in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I do love me some Alan Tudyk, so uh, he's, he is <laughs> so great. So shout out to yeah. Alan Tudyk out there if you're listening. You this is his him. eighth Disney film. Has that incredible? And then he's going to be in the Disney Plus show because they're bringing K2SO back for the, uh, is it... Uh, Oh, gosh, what was that guy's name in Rogue One? Caspian. Something Caspian was his name. But they're making a a Disney Plus series about him, and K2SO is coming back, so Alan Tudyk will will live again. Spoilers for Rogue One. (laughs) But, but no, those are some of the scenes that really stood out to me. I just wish they would have given him a few more lines. Because he is... Yeah, he is a funny guy. He could have handled more of a slightly more comedic role. It would have been fine. Well, I think think kind of the tone, for me at least, the tone was a, a little bit more real and not mm-hmm. as fantasy, yeah. you know. And uh, and I think that's, you know, because it was a live-action film and not yeah. you know, an animated film. But so. I, I just think back to Jungle Book, and granted, all the characters are, except for one, are animals, so they have to be comedic, but... You know the animals in Jungle Book were funny. Why? Why couldn't Iago be a little more humorous? Yeah. I get that. Okay, I get that. So let's move away from scenes that we really enjoyed, and I think that we've already covered some of our things that didn't work for us. But I want to make sure we give it its due and get it out there. And if we had anything else, um, me was Guy Ritchie's camera style. Um, and then a little bit Jafar. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are the two major things that didn't work for me, uh, but still not nearly to the level that made me not like the movie. No. Um, I I really 
am glad I went to go see this opening, basically opening weekend. Yeah. I have a thought on this. I think it's a very good start to our summer series of Disney releases that we're going to see, with the exception of maybe August release, because probably not as many people are going to see that one. But um, (laughs) Artemis Fowl, by the way. Yeah. Uh, And everyone's like, what's that? I have no clue what that is. (laughs) I haven't seen that promoted anywhere. Maybe it'll be a new Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. Maybe. You never know. It's just it's August. Because it's kind of an industry thing that the August movie is the well we'll put it in August yeah I think and last year it was yeah last year it was Christopher Robin Robin. yeah Yeah. which is still a very good film yeah I'm sure Arden's file will be enjoyable but it's not going to be what we're going to have very soon which is Aladdin Toy Story 4 and then Lion King which I'm putting all my money on Lion King being the most oh. amazing live action remake I've ever seen so I have high hopes I don't, oh don't get crashed and John Favreau I trust oh, we, yeah. we I have a little crush on him too now. we wouldn't have the MCU without him and um, you know his Jungle Book is so just so great so if I may speak for just a moment, you know, sure. the trepidation that went into this and, and kind of the naysayers that are even out there and the, the critics that didn't find this to any sort of, you know, sort of uh, level that they thought was great. Okay. It's a summer movie. It's a Disney movie. It's There are things that I don't really, um, as a moviegoer, expect from some movies that I expect from others. Not to say that there can't be an Oscar movie in the summer or in the springtime or any other time other than the fall. But it's a summer movie. I kind of put that into the under the umbrella of good times. Just enjoy this. You don't necessarily, you know, I mean, critics are going to do their critiques and, and kind of, you know, get into the nitty gritty of every film. And that's fine. But... I just want to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And even though, even we're, when we're doing this and talking about movies, I think I, I kind of look at things a little bit, a little bit more critically. Um, but I just want to have a good time. And that's, yeah. a, so some of my reviews are, I enjoyed it because I did, you yeah. know? So well, that's really. And you bring up a great point because <laughs> going into this, the film was tracking to make about $60 million opening weekend. And it ended up making 86 in the three days. And I think 112 uh, yeah. uh, by the end of the weekend just completely obliterated that number. And it's definitely one of those films where you look at the audience score versus the critic score and mm-hmm. it, it diverges so much. And I think that that's because critics have become so um, – and this goes back a long time, I guess, to Ebert and Roper and, and everybody. But critics have become so used to wanting everything to be that artistic, social – relevant movie and there's a lot of social relevance in this and there's a lot of artistic things in this but I think that they had preconceived notions of what uh, this movie was going to be I also think possibly some critics maybe um, have an axe to grind towards a company that just you know in the last film that was released I guess um, you know hit the two billion dollar mark do they have an axe to grind with a company that makes that much money the other reason you know the other thing with this is that you know they ask well why do you do in fact well Vanessa did you ask why are they doing this I don't know I won't put that on you but there are people that will ask why are they doing this wasn't the last one enough I'm like going okay number one 
they made you know internationally over two hundred million dollars in the first weekend. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a reason because it's a company. It, they, it needs to make money in order so we can continue to have more content and more movies and more everything that Disney does. The other thing is you know with with Disney Plus coming, there's going to be an audience for this. There's an audience for every all of the remakes, whether they are they they soar in uh, as either box office or you know critically or in the hearts of the viewers. Um, or they don't soar. Dumbo. Anyway, so, <laughs> well, Dumbo soared, but anyway, in another way. Um, so, you know, so there's, of course, there's a reason to do this. You know, I'm, why not? <laughs> well, okay, so I, I don't remember saying that, but okay. I, I probably would have. Because <laughs> my, my thing is sometimes when you have such an iconic movie, why I even touch it? That, yeah. And that's how I feel about Robin Williams in general. He's so iconic. Um, I I don't know about you guys, but I felt really devastated when he passed. It was and a bad day. That was I remember where I was when I found out because mm-hmm. it was that devastating. And um, that role. So my my critique of Aladdin of whether or not it's successful is: Did you have the genie portrayal? be fun and entertaining or was it embarrassing and it was not embarrassing in the slightest Mm -hmm. it was absolutely fun done really extremely well it was terrific just Mm -hmm. a different take so fun so enjoyable so for me this movie is a big success maybe there were things that i i i I didn't love but if if you just want to say is it successful Yes, it was. They absolutely accomplished what they needed to accomplish, and I'm glad they did the film. It's successful on its own merit. Yeah. If you see it, if you just, if this was the only Aladdin out there, you go, I enjoyed that. Yeah. You know? And that's, uh, you know, this might be the biggest first world problem in the world, but, uh, you know, Will Smith took a huge risk in this too, and sure. yeah. because he could have, it could have went the other way. And as you said, Brett, he really needed a hit because yeah. his last few movies, granted, they're more serious in tone and everything, just haven't they? He's lost some of the luster that was Will Smith, yeah. and well, I think, he was the Fourth of July king there for uh-huh. quite a number of years. And I think that he's brought it back. Uh, I think yeah. that this uh, hopefully will. Um, kind of reinvigorate that and we'll see more and more of that moving forward is this a stay in your lane will moment <laughs> it is i mean and again i i really liked pursuit of happiness is a great an actor, movie but also you um, know, but well, i yeah. think maybe what you're saying is that will smith brings such joy to people when yeah. he's in interviews when he's on tv when whatever he's doing in the serious stuff we don't get to see that side of him as much but he really is a light in this somewhat dim world at times so to see him be so joyous and fun that just makes us all feel good in the interviews you know uh, after this or leading up to this didn't he turn 50 and he kind of had this kind of revelation that he wanted to put good out there and make and make mm-hmm. people happy yeah and then know? in so. one of the interviews he mentioned that he was terrified uh, to play the role and he said he found a way to, to pay homage to to Robin and that's when he decided he was going to make the role his own did you see that fan quote unquote are you using air quotes fan art yeah that and that that, that it, it I don't want to hmm, cast any doubt into whether that was a fan art (laughs) or if that was, you know, a way to get past the the Robin Williams, how dare you, you know, try Mm -hmm. to recreate this role. Because the fan art was of, you know, it was a character... 
characterization or character anyway caricature well, the yeah character thank you yeah. oh that was yeah. the word I was looking for yeah. a caricature of Gene of the original genie and then um, and then Will Smith kind of in that uh, kind of that cartoon, that cartoon style. book that cartoon yeah. style and it was that was the fan art that that was awfully well done yeah. well, it was very well done maybe, am I going maybe, certainly it wasn't oh, done by Disney was, animators could be fans well too, they could right? be, I guess. <laughs> maybe that was it there that's uh, it anyway throw it out there on front street um you know, and I have to keep reminding myself that I'm 32 now, and there's a whole new generation of people that uh, they they haven't like they should experience these stories as well. And yes, we absolutely can go back and watch the animated films. It's going to be a lot easier to do that with Disney Plus because there's no more vaults. <laughs> you know, there's no more putting a movie on a shelf for seven years yes. or whatever. Um, but. I, I still think that, like I was talking to, uh, again, some teenagers in the, the cast of the show I'm in, and um, they were talking about how Phantom Menace just celebrated its 20th anniversary, and that was their first Star Wars. And I mean, wow. as much as we, you know, I'm not a big fan of those prequels, yeah. but, yeah. you know, that was their first Star Wars. So, in a way, um, Robin Williams is always going to be our genie, but right. it's okay if for the younger crowd, Will Smith is their genie, yeah. you know? I think yeah. that that's okay to revisit these properties, mm-hmm. uh, which is why. And you said from a business side, Brett, it makes a whole lot of sense why they want to do this. But I don't really. And of course, I'm in the bag for Disney, uh, but I don't fault them for wanting to revisit these properties yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and reimagine them. So, well, it's it's better than a uh, Aladdin two or whatever. Oh, I mean. like yeah, right, the Eisner uh, like straight to move yeah. video. Yeah. I mean, video not things. the. The Return of Jafar was bad. There were bad. three Aladdins, right? Yeah, Prince of Thieves was really good because they brought back Robin Williams. Oh, but Return cool. of Jafar, they didn't have him, and that was kind of a snoozer. Um, so let me go down the list of, really quickly, this is what Box Office Mojo is classifying as Disney live-action reimaginings. I'm just going to oh, remind you what those are. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to rank, like we're gonna rank us I'm a ready. Oh, can we have game show music when we edit this later? <laughs> can you put a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
about that movie. I love that production. I will say that a close second is The Jungle Book uh, because I liked John Favreau's um, bringing that world to life in this CG world. Uh, and then I would say third would be Aladdin for me. Uh, those would be my top three. And I really thoroughly enjoyed Aladdin, uh, and I can't wait to watch it over and over and over again. <laughs> yes, because I think they were saying that it might come to... Uh, Disney Plus. I think it's going to be an year? opening. It's going to be an opening day Disney oh, Plus. Wow. There's a, there's a few of them. So like Captain Marvel from the Marvel mm-hmm. side will be a Disney Plus opening day. Same with Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. um, and then Aladdin will be opening day. So all that's coming to you on November twelfth. Uh, so right not, after my birthday, not that far away. It's my present from Disney, Yay. and you know that we'll all have the annual plan instead of the monthly oh, plan. Sure. I'm sure. So well, save a couple of bucks, $5. right? I don't know. Maybe I want to test this out before I uh, invest $69 or whatever, $79 in it. Uh, Brett, so I put it in my top three of the reimaginings. And then I will say I actually did enjoy Beauty and the Beast. I have a problem, a very well-documented problem with Josh Gad as LeFou, uh, but that's – well documented. What? So oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Back, He's giving you the look of, if no, you don't go get back me started. And listen, <laughs> if you go back and listen to our Beauty and the Beast, the, the directors of that movie said, let's go hire someone to be LeFou. Oh, you know, Josh Gad kind of is LeFou in real life. And then when he got on set, they said, hey, Josh, can you tone it down a little bit? Uh, and so they made it to where he wasn't so zany and so goofy. But literally his name is the fool and so they should have allowed him to be Josh Gad and he would have been great in it but instead they they made him be less than Josh Gad um uh, my gosh, my tangent. I'm sorry. I'm going to be agreeing with Craig on two occasions in one podcast. We're not allowed because, to do that. Because uh, I know the tension is all gone. But no, no, my number one uh, animated, well, live action reimagining. Uh, reimagining. Ooh, that's such a good word. I know that's um, uh, is box C- office mojo's word. Is Cinderella. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Who are you? Who am I? Who are we? Anyway. I like that Downton Abbey by, girl in it. I like. Well, I like uh, both of the Downton Abbey girls in it. Oh yeah, there are two. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, and my number two, I'd say, is Aladdin. Okay. I'd say, and then um, uh, controversially, I would say my number three is um, Alice is Alice in Wonderland. Oh, wow. Which I enjoyed every time I see it. The first time I went, like, you know, I didn't even get to the midnight one. I went to a 1230. And let me say, the half hour did it to me because I fell asleep. It was so sad. But each time that I would watch it, because it's on television a lot, um, I enjoy that. I enjoy the art direction. I enjoy the the score. I enjoy all of that a lot. So those are my top three. So that, again, would be Cinderella, uh, Aladdin and then um, Alice. Cool. Well, uh, I I think Aladdin would be my number two or three. I'm not I'm not sure okay. because well, Jungle Book's my number one because I was mm-hmm. so not expecting it to be funny, um, and the original Jungle Book's kind of I don't know it's cute but it's not. I laughed so hard in Jungle Book, so I really like Christopher Walken and Bill Murray in it. But um, and John Favreau, I think he's great. Um, but so maybe Aladdin's my number two. But here's the thing: Beauty and the Beast—they brought in Celine Dion for the credits on the soundtrack, <laughs> and to put Celine Dion behind, uh, number three, 
oh, I just don't know if I could do it. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I liked Beauty and the Beast quite a bit, other than Josh Gad. Uh, mm. Luke I, Evans, to me, was such a great guest on. And yeah. I mm. liked uh, uh, Emma Autotune Watson. Uh, uh, whenever she wasn't whenever she wasn't singing, she was great. No, um, but, no. But, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's cool, though. So... I will say that this is a successful movie because there were, yeah. I would say that all of us brought some level of uncertainty to sure, yes, why they were I remaking did. Aladdin. Was this the right time for it? And here it is in the top three for all of us. Now that uh-huh. might change because hopefully I'm with Vanessa. I'm hoping that my favorite animated film of all time is now going to become my favorite live action reimagining of all time on July 19th when The Lion King comes out. But um, <laughs> And then we also have Maleficent coming out later on this year as well. Uh-huh. That looks, uh, so good. That looks that good. That looks good. That looks so good. So hopefully this list changes a little bit, and I don't think it's a lot of you know Lou uh, in our bracket shows always talks about uh, recency bias because we just saw this, so of course it's our favorite. But truly, I think that um, this is going to be a movie that will stand power. up. It'll stand up yeah. for me. Uh, any final thoughts on Aladdin? I think you should just go see it if you haven't seen it yet. You probably have seen it because you're listening to the spoiler version of this. But <laughs> go see it again. Go see it if you I'm going to go, go see, see it again. I really want to see it again. I was hoping to see it twice before we uh, came together for this podcast, but that did not happen. Yeah. So I can't wait to see it again. And Mr. Smith, thank you again for listening and for uh, for uh, your performance. For putting it out there. And you yeah. for putting you're it out fabulous. there. You're fabulous. Yay. Now, let's talk about some business. Uh, Vanessa, we have a great event coming up in the very near future. Yeah, so we have a trivia night on June 15th. That's a Saturday. And if you haven't gotten your table yet, you probably need to do that ASAPity-SAP because tables are running out. And it's $10 per person, or you can just do a whole table, whole table fun. It's $100, mm-hmm. 10 people at your table. Uh, you can bring your snacks if you'd like, but there will be a bar and some bake sale items. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've been working on the Disney trivia questions, and mm-hmm. there's a, a wide range. Uh, we've got things your kids will know, things that uh, Disnoids, as we call them, experts, Disney experts will know. And then generally, if you just like Disney, there will be questions for you as well. So uh, it's going to be a great, great time. If you want to get tickets, though, you can email svys.svco at gmail.com. And, uh, or you can go to a Facebook page uh, on our Beyond the Mouse Facebook page. We do have a link to all the event information. Um, if you have any questions, you can shoot us a question on there, and we'll get to you real quick. I have a sample question for the night. Are you oh, ready? okay. Are you ready? Yes. This is going to be the best trivia night ever. True or false? Oh, true! Oh. Good. I'm really looking forward to it. We oh also there's a costume contest and I've got so much swag to give away. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait. And if Big you bring us like a it. churro or a dole <laughs> or something, I'll probably have a price for you as wow. well. I really feel like we probably should start talking about if we're all going to dress up and what that should be. I know I, I know about that yesterday. The only time we talk about that is when we're recording a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so I feel like we should probably Perhaps get that out there. But, um, Ooh, but come what? join us That's... on the 15th. 
15th at the Hoagland Center for the Arts. Uh, we are really excited about that. It'll mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. And thank you to the uh, Springfield Valley Youth Symphony for our Sangamon Valley Youth Symphony for uh, having us host. And we're excited uh, because it's a great organization. And we're going to be talking Disney all night. We're going to be with like-minded people. And we're going to have a great time. So come on out if you're in the Springfield, Illinois area. Uh, additionally, we have a great slate of shows coming up on the Front Row Network. Uh, Brandon and Jeremy are still going through their top 100 films. If you haven't been listening to that podcast, it's really insightful. And Brandon Davis put a Marvel movie in his top 100. I was very, very impressed. I think it was number 100 or 99, but it still counts. It's still there. So still hanging on by a thread. Um, And we, of course, have all of our other shows like Guilty Pleasures. We'll be bringing you a lot more full disclosures as we go. Uh, Just so many different types of episodes that you can uh, have out there from the Front Row Network. And we thank you for subscribing and listening. And we thank our new home, NPR Illinois, for uh, having us be one of their Community Voices podcasts and excited to join that team as well. Uh, Last thoughts, anything? I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. For the Front Row Network and for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Brett. And we'll see you real soon in the front row. Aren't you guys glad that you have a friend like me? Oh, that is oh, yes. Even if you don't take him to Disneyland. Oh, oh. I had to get it in. I had to get it in. Oh, my gosh. All right. That's great.